This is episode 16 of Kicker and the Waterboy, and we have one question. Is this episode 16? Or 17? Or is it like 16 and a half? I mean, we're still figuring that out ourselves. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome to episode, uh, I'm going to say 16. Um, Thank you for tuning in. And yeah, also welcome to episode 17, I guess. We're, yeah, we're still trying to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah, we're a little bit late. Um, We both took vacations in back-to-back weeks, so that's why we've been off the air. Normally, we would just wait and get back to you on Tuesday, but we have a plan that relies on the episode number staying consistent, which we'll explain in a bit. So we've turned this one into a double episode. Yep, and also there's been a lot of big stuff that's happened in the past week or so that we won't get to talking about in this episode since we still have a couple weeks of topics that we need to catch up on. So we'll plan to talk about some more like modern topics on Monday of next week, but we'll spread some of them out through August more on that later. And uh, yeah, for now, we're just going to jump into our first big story, the 442. We debuted this, our last episode, where we take four games from one soccer league, four from another, and then two random games to break down and ask questions about. We'll get started right now with the first of four MLS games, San Jose Earthquakes 4, Vancouver Whitecaps 3. Was this the game of the qualifying round? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the comeback was insane. Anytime it was a good comeback when you're two or more goals down, um, always makes it exciting. But the qualifying rounds, like we said last week, or <laughs> last episode, I should say, week two was phenomenal. So it was a hard, hard one to choose for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, so San Jose came down from 3-1 to one in the second half, and I think they scored the winner with, like, the 97th minute that might not be completely correct but this was a classic and uh it's my nomination for the game of this year's uh qualifying round yeah the next mls game we have was toronto four montreal impact three io akinola balled out under the hat trick for the ontario based side is this finally some good news for the u.s men's national team I'm going to say yes, but with an asterisk, because I believe he's able to play for either the United States national team or Canada's men's national team. So that will be an interesting decision for him, but he has played pretty well, at least in the uh, preliminary stages of the tournament. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, um, he can play for Canada if he wanted to, but you know, any news like this will be good news for the U.S. men's national team just because there's potential there for him to play for us. Yeah, definitely. So, Game 3 of MLS Action Sporting, Kansas City 3, Colorado Rapids 2. If you could summarize this one in one word, what would it be? I'm going to harken back to our round the Bundesliga days here with a Uner Vortet, which is unexpected. Once Colorado went down to nine men, um, I did not expect to score, but they did. So, therefore, unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yep, Sporting KC would eventually take the lead again, but I agree, unexpected. I just went with bizarre, but I do like the throwback to a uh, German word. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, round out the, the 
back four for the MLS. We have LAFC 6, LA Galaxy 2, uh, El Trafico, which is the name for the game between the two LA teams, delivers yet again. Ryan, how do you feel about this game and this rivalry as a whole? So, as crazy as it sounds, this probably wasn't one of the better games in this really short rivalry, which they've put together some classics in only five or six games total. But yeah, it shows that LAFC currently is the soccer team that runs Los Angeles right now. Yeah, um, I was disappointed to see Chicharito leave um, due to injury. The four goals from Rossi, though, were spectacular. But like you said, it seems like LAFC is dominating this rivalry right now. And probably for at least the next year, they will continue to do so. Mm -hmm. So up to our next set of four games. The NC Courage of the NWSL scored zero, while the Portland Thorns scored one. Is this the upset of the tournament? I think it is. Um, Just in my opinion, because I did not expect NC Courage to lose. They just look like a really strong side going into the tournament. I mean, Portland is a very good team as well, but NC Courage is so strong, I didn't expect them to lose at all. Mm-hmm. Yep, after the uh, preliminary stage, Courage were the one seed, undefeated, only one goal scored on them, and Portland Thorns, they were in last place. So it probably is the upset of the tournament, but like you said, Portland's very good. I think two years ago they made it all the way to the championship game. So, so yeah, maybe it shouldn't be, but anytime an eight beats a one, it is pretty impressive. Yeah, we've condensed the next three games into one question. The final three NWSO quarterfinals finished as scoreless draws. But they went straight through a shootout instead of playing an additional half-hour overtime. And the four-seed Houston Dash, six-seed Chicago Red Stars, and seven-seed Sky Blue FC advanced. Um, Do you like this? I don't know. Like, I think it just creates a lot more... Spontaneity. I that's probably the wrong way of pronouncing it, but um, yeah, it was definitely exciting right at the end. But it is a little disappointing to have ninety minutes of full field soccer just come down to kicks from the penalty spot. So interesting. I I still don't really know how I feel about it. Yeah, I honestly kind of like it. I feel like the half hour overtime. There aren't really a whole lot of goals to happen because they've already been playing for 90 minutes they're tired um see it i like that just went straight into penalty kicks Mm -hmm. sounds good so next game is the premier league arsenal scored two on liverpool who only scored one this loss prevented liverpool from breaking the record for most points in a season so how are liverpool fans going to look back on this season now Hmm, that's a good question. I think it'll be, I think it'll be mostly, mostly good memories. It's been thirty years since they won the Premier League title, and they, they won. So that sense is good. But I think they'll, maybe a part of them will have the what if sort of after having such a strong side and being so close to breaking the overall points record, the fall just short is certainly disappointing. But that championship, though. It's been a long time coming, and I think that's what they'll mostly look back on and see. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree almost completely. Um, 
you have 30 years is a long time to wait for a championship and most fans will probably be happy with that but like you said the what if factor will be real especially because I think if the season had just kept going and the pandemic hadn't stopped things for three months I think that they break the uh, points record wins record every record but but uh it didn't happen and they'll just have to wonder but also wonder very happily <laughs> yeah for sure transitioning to spain we have real madrid two villarreal one this victory gave real madrid their first la liga title since 2017 how long do you anticipate real's manager zidane zidane staying uh probably as long as he wants but um <laughs> but yeah this sort of just compared to liverpool who haven't won a title for 30 years their uh, Real Madrid's drought is two years before they win again. So, but yeah, I think so long as he can keep guiding them to top finishes, top two, he can probably stay for as long as he'd like to. Yeah, he's an excellent manager. But I feel like whenever I think about these questions for managers, I'm cautious. I'm saying they're going to be there a while. Because at a top flight club like Real Madrid or Man U, it seems like if they have one bad year, they're kicked out. Even if overall they're a fantastic manager, since it's such a performance-based system. But he's doing well. I anticipate him being there at least the next two years. Mm -hmm. Good answer. And that brings us to the end of the 4-4-2. So now let's shift back to uh, the MLS. The MLS's back tournament has made it to the end of its group stage. They are into the knockout rounds now, but we thought that we'd reflect on the tournament up to this point. So what has your initial takeaway been from this tournament? The first week of the group stages, in my opinion, were slow, just kind of boring, um, which makes sense. It's been months since they played these uh, full-sided games. Second week group stage is fantastic. Um, yeah stoppage time goals to win i really like the knockout stages too um, a lot of games have come, come down to penalty kicks and i have no complaints honestly it's been exciting i've enjoyed watching it i'll take a different track i've i've enjoyed it as well but i do think they've done a great job of managing a potential uh, coronavirus outbreak because at the beginning fc dallas and nashville sc had multiple cases confirmed on their team. So what they did, they sent those teams back outside of the bubble, unfortunately not allowing them to compete in the tournament. But since they did that, they've had zero cases inside the bubble. Not talking about the soccer play at all, which has been pretty good, but uh, props to the MLS who have managed to, uh, I don't know, keep the bubble safe, I guess. That's a good point, absolutely. In your opinion, who has been the good surprise of the group stage? I am going to go with Orlando City. Um, they weren't in a super strong group per se, but um, I mean, they played well. They won in the first Florida Derby between them and Inter Miami, but they won that. They won against New York City. They drew with a very good Philadelphia team and made it all the way into the uh, knockout stage. And I believe, yeah, they play tonight, being Friday. They are in the quarterfinals, so they're my good surprise. Yeah, they have been surprising. Mine has been Cincinnati. 
honestly. I believe I believe they got last last year, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure they did, but they made it out of the group stage. Um, and they lost to, uh, was it Minnesota? No, that was Columbus who played them. I think it was Portland. Portland. That's right. They lost to Portland on PKs. So they, they made it close with them. No, it wasn't PKs. I think it was. Um, I think it We've been on vacation. We, uh, we're not going to be I perfect. Feel, I, I have a feeling it did go to PKs. Yeah. Well. But yeah, anyway, they made it close to Portland. And shout out to them for getting together this year. Mm-hmm. Yep, they got two wins, I think. So that's really impressive for them. So what about the... Uh, the bad surprise of this tournament. Um, quick update. Portland, Cincinnati did go to shootout. Hmm. So my apologies, everyone. Um, bad surprise? Gosh. Probably Atlanta. I was expecting them to be better than they were without Yosef Martinez, but just seemed like their offense didn't really get that chemistry without him. And, you know, they're out now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm going to choose DC United. The first game of the tournament, they came back from down two nothing and a man down to tie the game. So I had pretty high expectations for them, but unfortunately, I feel like they tied one game and then lost the next one, and therefore were sent home after just the qualifying round, which is kind of unfortunate. But um. Yeah, just after that first game, I had kind of high expectations. That's a good point. Surprisingly, the ratings for the MLS's back tournament have not been great, even though it's been one of the few sporting events going on in the country. Why do you think this is? So, I mean, this is always kind of true, but soccer is one of the few sports in the United States that, you know, the USA isn't the best in the world at. Like, if you look at football, basketball, hockey, baseball, lacrosse even, the United States is, like, the best in the world at. But if you look at soccer, it's better in Europe where you have a bunch of really good top-flight leagues. And also their games are scheduled in the middle of the day for, like, 1 and 3.15 and stuff like that in the Eastern time zone. So maybe timing makes a difference as well. Yeah, also, you know, the opening week, like McConaughey said earlier, was really slow. Yeah, one nothing games, scoreless draws, not super exciting. Maybe that turned people off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten better as the tournament's going along, so that's good. But, uh, but yeah, there have been a lot of good games as the tournament goes on, and because of this, there are some who are requesting that the MLS and National Women's Soccer League conduct an in-season tournament every year in addition to their regular competition. So how do you feel about that? I don't know. I feel like they kind of already have something like that in the Open Cup. But, you know, there's this thing called money. And these tournaments have been reasonably popular. Although, like we just said, ratings haven't been super high. But if it's happening every year, then I would assume more people would tune in. So there are trade-offs, but all in all, I feel like they already have something like this. Why add another? I agree with that. I'd be down for another tournament, but at the same time, 
the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup is uh, that's a tournament that has the MLS teams, uh, USL teams, USL League One, and other smaller divisions. Plus, that tournament is also at least 100 years old, pretty prestigious, and it's not happening this year due to the pandemic, but I don't know. I feel like it's good enough to, you know, serve as an in-season tournament. Yeah, for sure. After what you've seen so far, who is your pick to win the tournament? Just going off what I've seen so far, I'm going to pick San Jose. They've performed really well in the group stage. They got a result against one of the top teams in the Western Conference and the entire league. They won the division, and I think they beat RSL in the knockout stages without going to penalties. That might not be completely correct, but they are my pick to go to the championship. I'm going to say, gosh, probably LAFC. They've looked really strong, even without having Carlos Vila. Uh, Rossi's definitely picked up the slack there. Um, they're phenomenal in counterattack, in my opinion. And uh, I just don't see any reason why they'd be stopped. So that's why they're my pick to move on. 